To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Warmers Podcast, episode 105. The voice you're hearing right now is Rob Snowden. We got Ramon Hardy in here. Say what's up, Ramon. What's up? How y'all doing? Carlos Burrell in the building. What's happening? And we are here to do what we do best. Make sure that you are following us on O underscore Bench Warmers on Instagram and Twitter. And make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast, Opinionated Bench Warmers, on your favorite, favorite, favorite podcast platform. We also are on the radio in the Baton Rouge and New Orleans area on 99.1, that's FM, 99.1 FM. You can find us residing on the Simply Simone show, covering all the sports for her show. And uh, yeah, man, check us out. If you're in New Orleans and Baton Rouge, of course, check us out on the radio. Make sure that you are spreading this to a friend. We appreciate you for rocking with us. We are going to get into it. If I could do it like Stephen A., I say cut the music. It's been some very drastic news as a Saints fan. I'm going to try to get through this podcast without shedding a tear. I got my water here. Like Sean said in the press conference, that stops you from crying. (laughs) Sean Payton, head coach for the New Orleans Saints after 16 season, has decided to step away from the New Orleans Saints. This thing started off over the course of the past two days. It first was reported that he's not returning any phone calls. I really didn't read anything into it. That was, I think that was Sunday. Ian Rappaport reported that. But then when the owner, Gail Benson, uh, our beloved owner of the New Orleans Saints, came on and said she has not heard from Sean either, I knew that this probably held some weight. And then around, probably around lunchtime today, it, it was reported by Adam Schefter that, well, Nick Underhill, Nick Underhill should get the, the credit for it, um, reported that head coach Sean Payton will not be coaching the New Orleans Saints going forward. He's planning on stepping away from the game. Sean Payton had a press conference today about three Eastern. I did watch some of it. I'm sure you guys uh, did as well. We'll get into that in a little bit. But, man, after um, 16 seasons, uh, uh, 152 wins, 89 losses, 63% winning percentage, one Super Bowl. I mean, the list goes on, man. I mean, he what he's done for the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans City, uh, just as from a morale standpoint of how sad and sorry and how – it wasn't much to say about the New Orleans Saints prior to him coming in in 05. And I mean, he's done an amazing job um, as a New Orleans Saints fan. I just want to, you know, say if he happens to hear this, we are very grateful for what you did for not only New Orleans as a city, but Louisiana as a state and making us a relevant NFL football team. Uh, the great draft and one of the best offensive minds we've probably ever seen. Uh, the list goes on. I'm, I'm going to save some for y'all, but um my initial thoughts was, of course, I'm going to miss him. 
uh, and we're going to get into this in detail. We probably spent a lot of time on this because we got to get into whatever the franchise go from here. But um, just if you guys want to jump in here and give you all initial thoughts on it, uh, New Orleans head coach Sean Payton stepping away from the New Orleans Saints after 16 seasons. Yeah, no, this is huge. You know, for a lot of our listeners and a lot of our new listeners, we are a Louisiana based podcast. You know, a lot, all three of us are from Louisiana, whether we are Saints fans or not. So this hits home for all of us when, you know, a guy has been a part of, you know, our football watching for a long time. You know, I was talking to Rob today, the host of the podcast about it. You know, he's literally been um, part of our lives since we were 15, 16 years old. You know, that's a long time. We were in high school now, you know, and so it's just I mean, we were in high school then. You know, he'd been through the Katrina stuff and gave. Uh, you know, those Saints fans in New Orleans and Louisiana people hoped during that tough time, you know, and the team was really what people had to look forward to for a long time. So, you know, and I, I and another thing that we talked about today was like he really turned that that franchise where people were showing up to the games with bags on their heads and people were calling them the ain'ts and stuff like that. He made them more of a serious people took them serious when they were playing the Saints. The Saints have all have been a contender for a long time, you know, him and Drew Brees and, you know, obviously 16 years won championship, but a lot of those years there's some heartbreaks in there, some bad calls, some, you know, a lot of luck came into that, some things, some unfortunate things in there. Who knows where things would have been, you know, those good teams that throughout the years that the Saints had. So, you know, I think the Saints are a good team, still a good team. But, you know, I just say hats off to Sean Payton and the job he's done with Louisiana, with New Orleans specifically. You know, he's just he's been a, a good coach and he gives those fans a comfort going into a game that the team is going to be prepared. Yeah, 100 percent. I think that y'all have already really covered most of it as it relates to it. You know, we know that, as you already mentioned, Sean Payton came in at a pivotal time for the city, for the state. And to just see that basically he took the Saints to pretty much the pinnacle of what the franchise has ever experienced. You know, so many years, there were many struggles. And throughout the Sean Payton era, even in seasons that seemed to be down seasons for him, if you would look at it over the course of the history of the Saints franchise, those were actually solid seasons. Like the team never really bottomed out, you know, with him at the helm. He took them to the mountaintop. You know, I remember that 2009 run. Obviously, I kind of sat on the, the wrong end of the spectrum because I'm a Colts fan. So I actually witnessed my Colts losing that Super Bowl. But I just think back to what that did for the state. I think back to what that did for the city. You know, I think back to even just even being in Zachary at the time. And we went uh, the night of that Super Bowl. We actually went out to Walmart and just saw a bunch of like Saints fans in the streets. Saints fans were in the stores. It was crazy. It was something that you never really kind of envisioned or imagined you would see, you know, happen with the franchise. And so I think the thing that is going to be tough for Saints fans to think about is you know has the golden era of the franchise passed you know if, if sean with sean payton stepping away you know had those golden years you know are they a thing of the past or can you find really that next guy that hopefully with the saints not being bottomed out at this point with the team still having solid talent even if you talk about the salary cap implications there still are very solid pieces there this team is just 
honestly a Jameis Winston injury from being in the playoffs and from, you know, making noise within the playoffs. And so can you find that next guy? Can you move quickly and find somebody that can sustain the franchise for the next 10 plus years or so? And I think that that's going to be the pivotal thing. Can ownership at this point identify that next guy? Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. I, I mean, just to hit on this press conference, uh, just, you know, some of the things that he was saying and kind of like, just the gist of it that I was getting and seeing him, you just saw a guy that looks like he's burnt out. You know, he's ready for the next phase of his career. And like you said, it, you know, I think that like even Los and us talking, you know, I'll, you know, I'll leave his remarks that he said for him to say, because he, I'm sure he has a lot to say, but, you know, we just kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, maybe that, that run with New Orleans, he's ready for a new challenge. And I think that he felt uh, like this franchise in the direction that it's going and with Drew, with us losing Drew last year to retirement and Drew, even at the, in the last two, two years, Drew kind of was on declining and, and the, the, the decline was just so obvious. And, you know, I think a lot of those seasons we may have, you know, may have bottomed out too. I mean, not bottomed out, I'm sorry, uh, failed, is because Drew wasn't the Drew of old that we're used to, um, but I mean it's been a it's been a it's been a ride, man. And, and even in this these past five years, and what Sean is able to do, man. I remember we started off in that uh, I think that was that 2018 season. Uh, we started off 0 and 2, and then ripped off 14 wins in a row. And um, you know we get to the playoffs, and you know we're one game away from the conference championship, and of course the famous Minnesota miracle happens. You know, just heartbreak, you know, just just what about, you know, it was just bad luck. Then the next year you 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 get into the playoffs and then you play the Rams and it's a no call on a blatant pass interference, you know. And then the, the next year we just got we just got beat by Philadelphia. And then, you know, you look at last year, we should have beat the Bucks, you know. But again, Drew, you know, Drew wasn't the Drew of old. I mean, so it, it's a tough it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. And and as a Saints fan, I'm sure that we shared a collective that we felt like we were, we were, we were getting there. You know, I felt like we really feel like we were getting there. You know, there was optimism in QB free agency, where we don't know where Aaron Rodgers was going to end up or, you know, Russell Wilson was going to end up. And, and now all of that, it seems with Russell, I mean, with Sean out of the picture, it seems like we don't even have a shot at that. Now we just, we were just in disarray right now. So, I mean, to go from there, it's a little disappointing. And um, I think that Sean did a good job of hiding this because I don't think anyone had an idea that he would be giving it up after 16 years. I mean, I think as a Saints fan, I shared the optimism. I even said, I was like, man, with the job that he did through all the trials that we had this season through COVID, through losing M the MT drama, uh, with all of the injuries and everything, I felt like he did an excellent coaching job to have us one game outside of the playoffs. So, I mean, it's, it's sad, man. And, and, you know, as a Saints fan, I'm, I'm sure I share, you know, everybody's sentiment when I say that we're, I'm disappointed and, you know, we just, you know, it's hard to be optimistic about where the franchise will be going from here. Yeah, for sure. You know, just, it, I mean, I think you laid it out perfectly. It's just one of those things is you can't see it right now, light at the end of the tunnel because of the cap situation, because of, you know, Michael Thomas, which was because of Drew Brees retiring, because of the injuries at quarterback, because, you know, the long line of things right now, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But again, I would just say, you know, for fans out there, you know, to stay optimistic because things change every day in the NFL.
you know, one all it takes is one good hire, one good quarterback, a couple moves, and then like you back in the mix. You know, you just never know what's coming. And so um it's just right now as fans, we're impatient. We want to know right now. We want to know what's gonna happen, how it's gonna happen, that type of thing. So um, you know, I know I think back to even when the Rams fired Jeff Bishop, and I was like, bro, what are we doing? We just hired a 30-year-old, like I'm 30 this year. We just hired a 30-year-old coach. Like, what? What are we doing? You know, so at the time it seemed like crazy. You just never know how things turn and how, you know, it can turn into a positive, you know. So we'll see. I think it's just time. It was time for the Saints to get some fresh blood in there, though. How did I know this is going to turn some type of way into a Rams? That's what I was just about to say. <laughs> Every time. This man got a gift. He can't help it, bro. I can't have my moment, bro. I just lost my childhood coach, basically. Well, yeah, so, I mean, now I guess, you know, we, we got to talk about – we got to give the Saints fans some some hope here and, and looking forward into seeing what this franchise is going to go – um, I did say that we're $80 million in the hole um, as far as cap space. So uh, we, we definitely can expect some, some surprisingly, some more surprising losses, some some of our favorite. You know, one, you know, some people come to mind like Cam Jordan or Marcus Williams. You know, I couldn't see a world without with us giving a Dalvin Kamara or a Ram check or those guys. But, you know, maybe Demario Davis, you know, just some, you know, talented aging players that we, we got to look to to um to you know to to move on forward to so you know I think the first thing we have to do is start off with the coaching search and get that done like expeditiously like it needs to be done in the next like three days with the draft NFL draft coming up it needs to be done at least before the Super Bowl but you know some some candidates that come to mind to me um I really like Dennis Allen um, I think he did a good job with the defense. He filled in well for Sean with the COVID uh, for uh, a game. And uh, I think he did a good job. And I think he's proven to be a good, great coach. I think it will be an easy transition uh, with, with our core players. Um, I, I think we, if, we can, if we can get him and get a, and a, get a good offensive coordinator, and, uh, I mean, I think we would be right there. you know. But we have to start there, I think in general, just trying to go through these candidates. Um, I also like Eric Bionami out of Kansas City, office coordinator, and I like Brian Flores a lot. I think Brian Flores would be the, like, I, I know that's a reach, but I think if we were to get a guy like him from the Miami, from Miami Dolphins head coach, I think that, man, we would, he definitely is a leader. He's definitely a defensive-minded guy. He comes from that uh, Bill Belichick tutelage. So, I mean, I think any of those guys, that would be a good start in turning this thing around and kind of righting the wrong per se of losing Sean Payton. Yeah, I, I would say this. I think your best move, as you mentioned, is to stay probably in-house, you know, some familiarity. And then you bring in a Joe Brady, you know, as an officer coordinator who's familiar with the Saints. And then you bring in a good deep coordinator. You know, the Ravens just lost their deep coordinator. He's also be a good candidate. Uh, you know, I think you do those simple moves that way, you you know, your guys know what they're going to get. The Dennis Allen had he coached one game this year when Sean Payton was out and he did uh, he put together a good plan. He coached well on the team one and won convincingly, you know, and I think that game I, I don't want to 
be wrong on this. I'll have to double check this, but I think that was against the Saints. I mean, I'm sorry, I guess it was against the Bucks, uh, where he came in and coached that game and did a good did a good thing against the Bucks. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I do think uh, as well that Dennis Allen would probably be the top choice that's out there. You've already alluded to Eric Bieniemy as well. Uh, one other name that I would throw out there is Brian Dabal from um, from actually from Buffalo, uh, from the Buffalo Bills. I think that he's done an excellent job with that offense. I think even the way that he's helped to develop uh, Josh Allen over there. We're talking about a top three, top five offense in the league. Um, when we talk about points per game, I think being in the top three and it being a top five overall offense. And uh, we just recently saw that on display. I know that we'll talk about that later in the podcast. So I think he's another name in the mix. But what I will say is I slightly disagree with the point that it has to be such a rush decision. I think you have to make the right decision. When you're losing a guy like Sean Payton, I think you have to go through, make sure you really evaluate everything, check all the boxes. Now, granted, if you can get that done in this week, hey, that'll be excellent. If you can go get Brian Flores, great. If you decide that your next move is going to be to keep it in-house with Dylan, Dennis Allen, that's great. But if you feel like Eric Bieniemy is your guy and you have to wait on him to get throughout the course of the, the playoffs, hey, wait. You know, So I feel that that ultimately it has to be the right decision instead of a rush decision. Um, but I do understand how, especially Saints, you know, fans, how, you know, you could be antsy in this particular time. I am super anxious, especially being blindsided like this. Like, we had no idea as Saints fans that this is coming. Like, Sean showed no signs of it. I mean, it, granted, this was a very rough season. And we've had a really rough go at it for the past four, five years in the postseason to dominate during the regular season then have a first round out the, the in the playoffs multiple times. You know, some things were out of our control. Some things were uh, because of how poorly we played. So I just want it done, man. I just want it done. I ain't going to lie. I just want it done. Uh, but, man, again, bro, thank, I'm very, very grateful for what Sean Payton did for New Orleans and the state of Louisiana and what he's done. He's, he's made us proud to be a Saints fan. I remember, you know, it was so bad. The Saints were so bad for so long. Most people from Louisiana had a second team. <laughs> I was rooting for a team outside of the state, you know. So Sean Payton changed that. And just with the culture and everything, I mean, you can't say it. one of the best offensive minds that you could see uh, him and Drew Brees had one of the one of those legendary New Orleans Saints runs, uh, one of those careers that will definitely, you know, he's a, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, if he decides not to coach another game, 2027, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. But um, let's move on to some other stuff, man. What do y'all think? Y'all think that he's done for good, or do y'all think he'll be back coaching? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the, the obvious is he'll be back coaching, you know. I think um, he's going to recharge. He's going to make this TV money right now. Somebody's going to sign into some type of deal soon here. we probably find that out. City year see the game from a different perspective. And, um, you know, when he come back, he's still obviously on the contract with the Saints. Somebody's going to have to give up some assets to, in order to move him. And by then, the Saints have been moved on and have their coach. So it won't be like he'll just be an easy slide back into the Saints. It's just, you know, lined up to him moving to somewhere else. And, you know, and I, my guess will be the Cowboys in 2023. 
you hit the nail on the head with that. I was going to say the same exact thing. I really think that um, once things materialize within a year or two, I think that that Dallas job is going to be open. I don't see Mike McCarthy really being the guy of the future over there. I think he'll be on the hot seat uh, after this coming year. And we know in the past that that has been the rumor year in and year out, really, of Sean Payton going to Dallas. The one thing I will say is that if that does happen, Jerry Jones is going to have to change his ways because Sean Payton is not the type of guy that he's going to be able to dictate everything that Sean Payton does. So I think that honestly, if that does become the place in the landing spot within a year or two, that is going to cause for Sean Payton and Jerry Jones to really have a sit down and for Jerry to say, okay, I'm going to take somewhat of a backseat or a step back, which is kind of interesting to think and to see if he'll actually do. But I share your sentiments. He will be coaching again. To me, Dallas would be that top spot that sits out there. I agree, with both of you guys. I'm I'm jumping on the on that same sentiment. I share it with you guys. I think he he will be with the Cowboys. He's been connected to them for uh, some years now, and I think that maybe Jerry Jones did put in a call to Sean. Maybe put a little bug in his ear. I have no proof. I don't know if this is true or anything, but just throwing that out there. Hey, maybe you know, Sean. Look, man, uh, things ain't really working out too much. Uh, McCarthy doesn't win a Super Bowl. He's pretty much out the door. Why don't you take a year off, recharge, take a step away? And I think Sean said it all. He's even said in his pre press conference, the time is now. He felt like the time is now. So I feel like the time is now. Everything is lining up, and he's setting the table for him to be able to transition into the Cowboys because we, you and I both know McCarthy is still – the expectations in, in Dallas are very high. The way that Dallas started off this – this year like on fire and then for them to fizzle out like they did and to have a disappointing uh first round exit in the playoffs you know it's just you know McCarthy's on a tight 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 leash and you know that'll be the next spot for Sean yeah yeah and so I'll just add one little tidbit to that just talking him and the Cowboys connection um you know reports came out today from uh pro football talk um, you know, an article was released. Don't know if there's any truth to this or not, but you know, my idea is it probably is true. With um, Benson obviously being the owner of both, you know, the New Orleans Pelicans and the Saints, you know, there was reports that actually a deal was in place for him to be moved to the Cowboys. Um, the year that um, Anthony Davis came out and said, "Hey, he was going to be moved," he he came out and announced his intentions of being wanting to be traded, that he wasn't going to sign or stay with the uh pelicans and so when that move happened that made when dallas and um the saints had a deal in place benson then went back because she could not take the backlash of you know losing anthony davis and sean payton within the same year and what that would do to new orleans and what that would do to your fan base and so she backed out on that deal and then obviously Sean Payton later on signed a three-year extension. But it's just funny how those two things connected and those work. All it took was Anthony Davis. If one, it just it just makes you think, hey, what would happen if Anthony Davis never would have came out and announced his intentions of not signing and then eventually being traded to the Lakers? You know, would he already be the coach of the Cowboys? And so that tells you right there there was interest, that he wanted to be part of the Cowboys. And so – um, I just think the writing's on the wall, and I think, you know, he obviously has a home in Dallas. Um, you know, there's a short commute. He has connections with Dallas already. Um, you know, there's been reports that he's close with the Jones and Davis family, you know, also the Raiders. 
And so I think the writing's on the wall. I just think he needs a fresh start. You know, you've been somewhere 16 years and, you know, and you deal with all the things that he's dealt with. He needs that fresh start. And I think he's trying to recharge. And then the, the, I like that the owner, Benson, said, hey, take some time, take vacation, take some time to think about this before you make this decision. He took that vacation time and then rolled back and said, hey, you know, I still want to go with my move. So uh, hats off to him. Yeah, I mean, if it, and then as a Saints fan, that's why I said we, as New Orleans fans, we should be grateful. I know the first thing you want to do is be angry, angry, but you have to look at his running ways, accomplishment, what he's accomplishing. You have to be realistic about it. Um, I wish him the best going forward. I hope he does get that recharge. I hope that he does get that time with his family, like he said. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next, you know, and, you know, it's like anything else. He has to do his best for himself. Uh, but one thing you did, one thing he did, and you can't take away from him, he delivered the city a Super Bowl. And, you know, that, you know, that's hard to do. It's not, it's not easy. Obviously, in 16 seasons, he only has one. And think about all the times we were so close and, and we couldn't get it. You know, just that's what makes what Tom Brady and Belichick do for them to have seven uh, makes them. I mean, I'm sorry for them to have six together. You know, is, is that's what makes that their run so amazing, because that is hard to do. It's to win a championship. So let's go ahead and transition. What a wild, wild divisional round weekend. Uh, we finally the stage is set for conference championship games. This weekend, we'll get into that and score predictions like we always do. But we'll start off just quickly recapping what we saw in this divisional weekend. Um, one of the more interesting things that we have here is that we have a gritty, gritty Bengals team that refuses to lose. Um, and uh, I think their, their luck will run out, even though I'll be running. <laughs> I'll be rooting for them against the Chiefs this weekend. Uh, I guess I gave my pick away. But I think the thing that stood out to me most in that in this game with the Bengals, man, is they're definitely going to have – they're going to have to do something about this offensive line. I mean, they're going to get Joe Burrow killed. And I've said this – I've been saying this since Joe been in the league for the past uh, two years. Like, he's only been in the league for two years. I'm afraid he's not going to make it to four years if they don't get him some help on that line. He was sacked nine times, and that's not – that's not even counting the times he was rushed and was hit, and it's not a sack. They, this man is getting killed. He threw eight for 31, uh, but it was overshadowed by just a win. you know. But I don't get how there has been no maintenance to the offensive line. And, I mean, Cincinnati, it's almost like they don't even deserve Joe because they refused to protect him, and they drafted him number one, and they said that he's going to be their franchise. but they're not getting him any help. And it's a great accomplishment that they are in the, in the conference championship. But, I mean, I'm just concerned about Joe just as an LSU alumni. Yeah, long term, I think you have to. Anytime a team ties a record in, on, in sacks in a game, <laughs> in the playoffs, that's an issue. And, you know, and it just speaks to his greatness and Chase and all the receivers and everybody else's greatness that they were still able to overcome that. And that, that speaks to the defense, able to keep the team in there. And uh, to make that crucial interception there at the end, that they still overcame that and still won that game. But they got to give him some help on that old line. And, you know, just like you've mentioned, you know, uh, long term, you're just concerned about that. Last year, he tore his ACL, I believe his MCL, in his knee because he was getting hit in the pocket. So, you know, you would think that they would go into this year with that thought in, in place. You know, I know last year you couldn't pass on the opportunity to um, draft 
potentially um, the rookie of the year, who I think should be the rookie of the year, um, and Jamar Chase. But um, I think you got to at least spend, go and draft some guy or assign somebody, but use some of your assets to bring in some, some help on that old line. Yeah, uh, I do agree as well that that O-line has to be built out. But what I will say, just, you know, obviously it's not the greatest look for the nine sacks, but I think that we have to give that Bengals franchise and organization the time that it needs. I know that one hit and one play can change the course of a career, but I think we have to look at over the course of these last couple of seasons you know they are progressively like moving forward as an organization I think that they know just like we all know that that offensive line has to be built out you know they tried to uh the year before Joe came there you know picking Jonah Williams in the first round that was you know looked at to be a big move you know they tried to last offseason go out and get Riley Reef in free agency uh they tried to make little moves here and there it hasn't totally worked at this point but from an offensive line standpoint you have this draft also to build that offensive line you have this offseason to build that offensive line I think that the, what they've done so far is that they put all the other components in place and I, I that's not to minimize the O-line at all I know how much that means but when you have that wide receiver trio that they have when you draft Jamar Chase, who was a generational talent this past offseason, when you look at what they've even done, you know, on the defensive side of the ball with some of the signings that they had this past offseason, I think that they have done great things to build around Joe. And I think that this offseason, you'll see kind of that final piece with that offensive line being built out through the draft and through free agency. So uh, I think that we still have to look at all the things that the franchise has done in totality and know that Cincinnati never viewed this as a one or two year turnaround or rebuild. They're ahead of schedule, even though we don't like what the offensive line looks like at this particular point. Yeah, so, I mean, not much to talk on. They, they defeated the Titans 19-16 in a divisional round. Uh, we, we did see Derrick Henry. It was nice to see him back after suffering a toe injury, I mean, a foot injury of some sort. And, you know, he, I mean, he ran the ball 20 times. Uh, he, I mean, he only had 62 yards, but, I mean, it's just good to see him back. And he's going to rehab, and hopefully he'll be, you know, like he is, the best running back in our game. Uh, so we move on to the second game that night, which was a big game, 49ers and the Packers. It's a lot to unpack there, uh, but we can start off by saying that the Packers, again, Aaron Rodgers can't get over the 49ers hump. You know, everything was set. The table was set. You're in Lambeau. It's cold, super cold. It's, you know, it's all the elements that the Packers are used to, and they're facing the 49ers team who play in sunny California. Uh, so, but they came there, and uh, it was the Debo show there, uh, and um, – I think what's even more impressive is uh, Mike Shanahan's uh, his ability to continue to win and make his team com competitive with with lack of a quarterback, <laughs> you know, and that 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 is very I think that's the most impressive thing um, that you could see in that game. Um, it just seemed like the Packers did everything throughout the course of the game. It just seemed like the 49ers were always in it. They just let them always in it. And, you know, in the, in the two I guess pivotal moments was the block punt and, and the missed field goal. You know, it's just the Packers just couldn't get out of their way. 
Um, unlike me, an unpopular opinion is I don't feel like I felt I saw a lot of Aaron Rodgers slander, I guess, because of the vaccine thing. But performance wise, I didn't feel like it was Aaron Rodgers' fault. I mean, when you're getting when you got sacked six times and you're getting hit every other play, I mean, you're not gonna be really performing that well. 49ers did a good job of getting pressure on him, and uh the offensive line was played had a bad game. Um, so I don't feel like Aaron Rodgers should have took the bulk of the problem, uh, the bulk of the the fault. But uh, of course, it's always good to go at him with all the controversy that's surrounded around him this season. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, you just you. you I, I mean, I'm a little bit different on that. You know, I think you're the number one seed all season, and you've been that. You did the same thing last year. You win 13 games. You did the same thing a year before that. You win 13 games, and then you show up. As the number one seed, you have a bye. Your team is rested. You know, granted, they were without their probably their best offensive lineman. And um, was Batiari, Batiari. You know, they were down him. Um, I will say that. But, you know, you're still playing at Lambeau in conditions that you're supposed to be used to. That's supposed to be an advantage to you. And you get manhandled. You don't do nothing on offense. You know, you got you probably one of the top two, if not the best receiver in the game. Yes, he got his targets, but you still didn't get – you didn't throw one touchdown. You go 20 for 29 and 200 yards, and you don't throw one touchdown against a 49ers secondary that is questionable at best. Um, you know, you got Aaron Jones in the game. It, it's just – to me, I just feel like it, it was disappointment. And I think about this myself. Aaron Rodgers right now doesn't have he and all the years right now, I would say he's been a disappointment in the playoffs. And I can say that's a fair assessment of him. He's always he's been a disappointment when it comes to the playoffs. Now, when it comes to regular season quarterback, that's why he's probably going to win MVP again. He's probably been top tier. You know, he's been a regular season quarterback and he does it day in and a uh, week in and week out that in that aspect when it comes to the playoffs he's been a disappointment to myself and maybe you guys are different i can't even think of a key play for him in the playoffs i can't think of a key moment of an aaron Rodgers. okay aaron Rodgers did that and it led them to a championship you know you got everybody else that kind of has that moment eli manning has the catch with tyree you know you got santonio holmes with big big ben you know you obviously got the championships with Tom Brady, you know, you also got, you know, you have all these moments, but when you think about the greats and Aaron Rodgers should be in that conversation, cause he's probably one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play the game. You think about the greats, you just, you can't think of any of those moments for him because he's been such a disappointment. They always fall on their face when it comes to the playoffs. And it's just right now, if he decides to walk from walk away from the game, I can't look at it as a situation where I can mention him with those great guys. I can say, hey, he has some great seasons, but, you know, and he has one championship on his belt, and that's saving him right now, but I can't really mention him. He can't be in the same conversation with a Tom Brady. I mean, it's hard for anybody, but a lot of people like to talk about him in that aspect. But to me, he can't even be in the same conversation with um, a Peyton Manning because, again, he's been such a failure in the playoffs. No, I, I agree with you there. I think that we can't uh, bypass and take it lightly on Aaron Rodgers. There's been so many years where Green Bay has been the favorites or should be considered the favorites over there. And there's been so many years where they've come up short. And I can't say that it's supporting cast. I mean, when you've had those four straight NFC uh, championship losses, 
And then you come into this postseason where you are viewed, you know, a, as potentially basically the favorite over there on that side. And to come in and uh, to lose, you know, in your first matchup, to lose in a divisional round, um, I, I really don't think that you can excuse that. But I think that also, too, as y'all already kind of mentioned, special teams were just awful for Green Bay. Just absolutely terrible. Like, I don't know what their punter was thinking when he was trying to get that punt off, but he looked like he was just chilling back there like he had all day to get off a punt. Um, and it was honestly just just ridiculous from the punt, from the field goal issues. Um, and it goes back to I, I was even seeing an article recently where it was talking about, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, LaFleur really wanted to hire Dan Rizzi, uh, who actually is a special teams uh, coordinator, coach for the Saints. And um, in that time, Green Bay basically wanted to go cheap on their hiring. They didn't want to pretty much pay up. Uh, and then later on, they kind of got into a bidding war, but it showed years later that you went cheap then and it came back to haunt you a couple of years later in your playoff run. Because honestly, if special teams just maintain, if special teams were just average or okay in that game, we still are having a different discussion. We throwing heat on Aaron Rodgers and everybody, but even still, if they just maintained and were average, the way that we're talking right now is talking about Green Bay being in the, the conference championship once again and seeing if Aaron Rodgers is now finally going to get it done in the conference championship. So it just shows you that every aspect of the game is important. And I think that that's what this game really showed. We focus so much on offense and defense, but special teams was definitely a difference maker here. But I also don't want to gloss over the fact of what San Francisco has been doing. We can't, you know, I don't want to just make this a Green Bay segment and what Green Bay didn't do and how they came up short. San Francisco has been on an excellent or magical run for them so far. That defense is playing at a tremendously high level, and it's going to be a tough out for anybody that they see going forward. Yeah, I bounced off that. I tweeted us a 49ers fan that this remind 49ers this year remind me of that 2011 Giants team. Uh, with you know, when I think about the the magic catch that Tyree made from Eli Manning with catching the ball off his helmet, and you know, it's just amazing. I mean, at, at right now, 49ers is a one man show. It's the Debo Samuel show. <laughs> He's catching passes. He's rushing like a running back effectively. You know, you saw it on that third and seven where they needed the needed the first down to ice the game and who they do. They don't let Jimmy throw the ball. They hand it off to, they hand it off to Debo and lo and behold, he get he makes one cut and you know, he gets the first down. So um, 49ers, they, they, they're doing well. They're well coached and um, uh, good luck next week. Uh, colors. Cause I'll be rooting against the Rams. <laughs> to beat the 49ers. But anyway, we're going to get time predictions in a second. Dang, I gave away both of my picks, but I didn't say the score, so it don't matter. Uh, so we'll move on to Sunday. Uh, uh, they were, you know, another two good games. Uh, the, the the Rams squeaked by the Bucks. They dominated from quarter to quarter, but they almost, man, was doing everything they could to almost get a game to Tom. <laughs> and and a boy, them sports writers was ready, boy. Oh, Tom, can he do it again? Tom had nothing to do with uh, the Bucks coming back into and getting back into that game. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to let Carlos have the floor since his team is in the conference championship after squeaking by the Bucks. I know you was about to have a heart attack on Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we talked about our predictions last week on the Bucks and Rams game, and I came out and I said, I don't personally, I don't think it's going to be close. 
in that first half, I seemed like a genius, you know, and I was like, hey, this game ain't even close. 27 to 3, we dominating and not doing anything. And then, you know, like I, I've seen and I've been saying, I was like, you know what? I don't know who Tom Brady has a deal with and who he prayed to, but oh my goodness, like how four turnovers, four fumbles, uh, just stupid things that just continue to happen from the fumbles from the running back the fumble at the one-yard line, um, the snap over the head, just things just falling perfectly in place for a team to get back into the game, things I've never seen before. Like, I, it was at one point in the game where I stood up after the Cam Maker second fumble, and, and, like, I just hunched over, and I was like, I'm going to be sick. Like, I was literally sick to my stomach watching that game and, like, being up and comfortable and pretty much giving them the ball back Jalen Robinson giving up, you know, where he rarely does, giving up a big play, and then coming back and fumbling and giving them the ball back, all that with giving them time just blew my mind. I was just like, what are we doing? Do we want to win this? So, again, I mean, it, I don't think it was it was a lot of self problems and things that we have to deal with and clean up as far as the fumbles and turnovers. But even though there's never been a team that fumbled in the playoffs that fumbled that many times and turned the ball that many turned over the ball that many times and won the game, it was still speaks to Matthew Stafford in the game he played. None of those turnovers were on him. None of those turnovers he committed. And so for a guy that you know in big spots this year has turned the ball over week 18 through a critical interception that ended that game. You know that ultimately you know kept the Saints out of the playoffs. And so you look at that aspect of it, and when he showed up and showed out he didn't cause any turnovers he kept his teams in it made big plays for cooper cup and come on man cooper cup man we just got to take our hat off to the dude like the dude is just smart he is he is not the biggest he's not the fastest but he just knows the game and the triple crown king he should be considered for mvp this year he really should and i know y'all probably think i'm saying that's biased but no i agree yeah he he's really been he put the team on his back and our offense runs through him you know our last Super Bowl he wasn't there he wasn't part of it he was hurt earlier in the year so um you know it's great to see him put it all together this year and be a part of that big drive and set up the game when the field goal um wish it wouldn't have gotten there but you know what can you do I'm glad to be in the position we are now well you saw my New Orleans Saints beat the Bucks twice without did I do this did I do the uh, Charles Barkley thing ABC back there. Oh, there we go. ahead. Go ahead, man. Nah, nah, you good. It seemed like you were about to pull a low move right there and turn this segment into a Saints segment. Hey, hey, well, I might as well finish then. I'm hurting right now. I'm, you know, I deserve this. But, you know, the Saints went 2-0 against the Bucks this season, and mainly it's because our friend Seven is one of the best in the NFL. We was able to get pressure on Tom Brady, and, I, I mean – we dominated Tom, and I think that the Rams, like us, has a good, great front seven led by Aaron Donald, the best NFL player, regardless of position in the league. Um, and they was able to get pressure on Tom, put him on the ground. Tom don't like getting hit. Tom considering retirement because he got hit too much this past game. So uh, I think that the Rams did what they had to do outside of the mistakes that Carl said they must clean it up if they plan on beating the 49ers because, ironically, Week 18 that stopped us from getting the playoffs. Y'all dominated uh, like y'all did with the books in the first half, but then y'all allowed the 49ers to creep back in. So y'all have to learn how to finish games, bro. But go ahead, Ramon. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I think that y'all mainly covered it, man. Y'all covered all the pieces. Los finally got his ramp segment out there without having to uh, hijack another segment for it. Uh, but the only thing that I will say, and, <laughs> only thing I will say and ask is, is just a question I want to ask both of y'all is on that final drive. Do y'all think if Ty Bowles could have it to do all over again, that he would still bring that same pressure on that play? Or do you think that he would just make them dink and dunk and come down the field that way? I think, I mean, if you look at, I, I mean, playing Monday quarterback, I think he'd probably regret that, you know, seriously. But looking back on it and looking at the numbers, I don't think it was a smart move for this aspect. If you look at Matthew Stafford's numbers against the Blitz, he has been the best against the Blitz. His numbers are crazy. He always finds a Blitz. He always stands in the pocket and throw it down the field in the face of the Blitz. And so um, in that aspect, and then we knew on the other side that the Bucks are the most Blitzing team in the NFL. And so in that aspect, it was one of those things that came together where you got the guy that's the best against the Blitz, and then you got the team that Blitz the most. And so it was like, pick your poison there, like, you know, do we play what we play our game and allow him to pick us apart? Um, and I just think he took a gamble. I think he took a gamble hoping that he can get some type of pressure sack there, which will ultimately send the game to overtime. And But he gambled wrong and he played with fire there. And, you know, we got the result that we got. My thing is with that last drive, how do you leave the triple crown king that wide open? If there's anybody on the field that you need to cover, it's definitely Cooper Cup. And to leave him open like that was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't subscribe to the NFL rigging any game, but I will say this, that game almost like script wise, I almost seen you know, they, they, they was like, nah, Tom gotta be Tom. We want Tom. We want the Tom and Jimmy G matchup, the story that it will bring, because I don't know how NFL player or NFL professional center hikes the ball over Matthew Stafford's head. I, I just don't get it. It's like they did everything. You got Cam Akers here. Obviously, he rehabbed the Achilles, which is an amazing story. But obviously, he didn't do any ball security drills during the course of him working his way back. For him to fumble twice in a big game like that, I'm just like, Von Miller probably used the last bit of juice he had for the rest of the season because he's old to get y'all a strip sack, and then y'all just give the ball right back to – it just was one of the most wackiest games that I've seen in a while, really. Yeah, no, for sure. It was, it was, um, it was very wacky. It was just didn't, it was just a, it was a tell of two halves and you're absolutely right. We got to learn how to finish, you know, and I think the Rams gotten up, got out all their mistakes that they can get from the quarterback throwing pick six from the running back fumbling the ball from us, just giving up leads. I feel like at this point, all the bases should be covered. You know what I'm saying? As far as going into these last two games. And so I'll leave it at that. I mean, it was wacky. It was just a really tale of two halves. Oh, these yeah. last two games, huh? Oh, you already looked ahead, huh? <laughs> so we're going we gonna, to we gonna go ahead and uh, work on the nightcap real quickly. Another classic. Uh, I think it'll be one of probably one of the best we've seen in the past probably like decade. <laughs> Really a classic game between the Buffalo Bills and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, back and forth, of course, it ended in overtime with the Chiefs ultimately coming out on top, advancing to the AFC Conference Championship on this weekend. 
But man, what a game! I, I think that this is one of those matchups and one of those rivalries that that that's going to be alive for the next three to five years. Uh, you know, with going back and forth with who would have thought? We thought it would have been Lamar Jackson and uh and uh and Mahomes, but I mean. At this point, the leaps and bounds, and I think it's credit to what you alluded to, Ramon. I'm not stealing your point. You said it, you know, uh, just in the Buffalo Bills and, and Josh Allen's development uh, it has been significant. Uh, he's a force to reckon with. And, I mean, he's working on being – working on making it to that superstar status. And if he would have won that game, he definitely would have uh, took, took himself into superstar status. But not to hang around there too long, but – just that matchup between Mahomes and, and and Josh Allen, man, I think it's pretty exciting. And, you know, like I said, Lamar Jackson due to injury and everything, he, we thought it would have been Lamar Jackson and Mahomes. But, yeah, Josh Allen and, and, and Mahomes, I definitely feel like that's a robbery that we'll, we'll see for years to come. Yeah, I mean, between those three, those three big dogs, you know, Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Burrow, AFC is in good hands, man. Like, you got some good quarterback play. You obviously, when you throw for over, you throw for seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, and over 700 yards combined in a game, that lets you know you got some top-tier quarterback play. I didn't even talk about the rushing yards that they probably did amongst each other. Like, you know, you got some top-tier quarterback playing right there, and they're going to battle. It's going to be a battle. It's going to bring you probably to that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, you know, reminiscent of that those days and so you know and I think Burrow gonna have something to say about that you know and he's young he's only in his second year he he, he is that guy in if, his if they give him some protection if they give him some protection and they but he is bringing confidence to that organization he's saying things in the and I don't want to make this a Burrow segment because we ain't talking about him but I just want to say you know he came out and he said you know get used to this this is what we supposed to do this is what we're going to do you know, so I just like that aspect, but it's just what a game. That's all I got to say. What a game. Yeah, no, same sentiments. Uh, honestly, I think a fourth name you could potentially throw in there uh, is Justin Herbert as well. He he has some of those same tools as well. But uh, and just talking particularly of this game and talking about Josh Allen's development and Patrick Mahomes and all of that. For several years, you know, I was along the lines or a few years that Patrick Mahomes was kind of in a tier of his own. Uh, I definitely don't feel that way anymore. I believe that Josh Allen at this point looks Patrick Mahomes eye to eye. I believe that he is every bit as good as Patrick Mahomes at this point. You know, Patrick Mahomes still may do some of the little sidearm throws that kind of still kind of while you here and there. But the totality of who Josh Allen is as a quarterback, his legs, everything that he can do. He is every bit as good as Patrick Mahomes right now. And honestly, if the Buffalo Bills had won the coin toss, I believe we're having a different discussion right now. I believe we're talking about Buffalo being in the conference championship. And so like both of y'all already talked about and really covered, it was a classic, one of the best games that I've ever seen. Uh, this was just a classic weekend in general, to be honest, for football. One of the best weekends of football that I've ever seen for every game to literally come down to the final possession. So hats off to this weekend being much better than what wild card weekend was. But this matchup was a clash of the Titans. I really thought that Buffalo was going to come out on top in this matchup. But hey, it is what it is. It was funny that when we were seeing the game close and seeing Josh Allen uh, lead them down the field with 13 seconds left on the clock. You know, my pop was like, hey, hey, that's it. You know, that, that's ball game is over with. And I told him right there at that moment, I said, anything can happen, man. Anything is possible. 
uh, and it, it showed you in 13 seconds for them to get down, get into field goal range, and to send the game into overtime, and then ultimately win in overtime. It's telling you that, you know, we used to think years past, if you give a QB two minutes, or if you give Tom Brady a minute and a half, now you're looking at just 13 seconds if you give a quarterback that amount of time. So it's just crazy to see how things went. Yeah, they, they really showed the Cowboys how to do it, didn't they? <laughs> right. Hey, I, we love Dallas, man. Dallas be, Dallas be showing us love. I see y'all out there, you know. <laughs> but anyway, so we have the championship Sunday set at 2 o'clock. We had the Bengals and the Chiefs here. Uh, let's do it, guys. We got to get into our predictions, of course, and the scores, as we always do. Have, have we done all the playoffs? I'll do the honors. I'll start it off on this segment this time. Uh, I got the Chiefs and the Bengals here. I think the Bengals, like I said, I'll reiterate, the Bengals' luck has run out. That Joe Burrow magic is over. Uh, I love Joe Burrow, Homer guy, um, LSU alumni, but I just don't think they have enough. I think that the Chiefs are clicking at the right time. Um, I think that they are gonna gonna click again, and I think they're gonna do it in dominant fashion. They they remember that Week 17 matchup and the Bengals what they did to them. So I don't think they're gonna get out there and mess around. So I'm gonna go with this score here. I'm gonna go um, I'm gonna go 33, uh, 33 to uh, let's go 33 to 20, 33 to 20. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Mahomes will end up in the Super Bowl once again. Yeah, I'm going to go 30 to 21 Chiefs as well. Um, I think their defenses will keep them at bay where it won't be too many, too much, too much points because, you know, I'll give credit to the Bengals defense. They've been flying around. Um, but I think um, too much, too good, more experienced. Um, I think the Chiefs find a way. I, again, I'm with you, Rob. I would love to see the Bengals in the Super Bowl and not the Chiefs um, as a Rams fan. But, um, you know, I don't have an upset with this. I think the Chiefs come through. Yeah, uh, I think ultimately a big thing for me is to see how Tyron Matthew progresses through uh, the concussion protocol. I think that that's going to be huge for this matchup. I think that that Kansas City secondary is still pretty vulnerable. Uh, but saying all that to say, I still think that the Chiefs will ultimately get it done. Uh, I'm going to go with a score of 31 to 27. I think that it still is going to be a relatively close game. I just still ultimately believe in Joe Burrow and what that guy can do. I think that Jamar Chase is going to still have another special game. There's no DB, no corner, no no one in that secondary in general that can stick with him at all. I think that that wide receiver trio will still show up strong. I think that the offensive line will have a slightly better performance. I mean, you can't really get worse than nine sacks, so that's not saying much. But uh, ultimately, I do think that that experience of Kansas City, them being at home, I think it'll weigh out. And I got the Chiefs 31-27, even though I hate to say that. All right. That brings us to the nightcap. Uh, I'll let Carlos do the honors of leading us off with these predictions. We got San Francisco and the L.A. Rams to meet a third time. No, y'all meet, meet twice during the season. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, so th three times. This is the third time that they'll be meeting. Keep in mind, Sean McVay is 0-6 against Mike Shanahan in the last six matchups. Mike Shanahan really, really has McVay number. Will the Rams get over the hump and uh, go ahead with all the stakes on the line, with uh, a trip to the Super Bowl on the line, a home game for you guys, uh, Los. 
what you going with? I know you're going to go with the Rams winning, but what you got that score being? Yeah, I got it being not as many points. Um, our games typically be it's a clock killing and they play a game plan of keeping the ball away from us and running and killing the clock, which is very frustrating as a fan watching the game. But I got it being uh, 20 to 14, 20 to 14. I got the Rams doing enough, getting a couple field goals in there, maybe scoring once or twice. Um, I don't have a lot of points. I think it's going to be 20 to 14. Um, I would love for it to be a blowout. I would love for us to get up big and keep the lead. But um, I think just at this point, they're obviously a good team. You don't get here by by mistake, and, you know. And so I think they're a good team, and they'll keep us, and they'll make their plays. But 20 to 14 Rams is what I got. Well, I, I think I, you know, trail you there. I, I feel like it's going to be a bloodbath. I think it's going to be a, a very lo- a low-scoring game as well. Mostly because San Francisco know that they have to keep this game low scoring in order to win it. So, you, like you said, they're going to be running the ball. They're going to do what they do best. Keep Jimmy G out of Horm's way. Don't give him an opportunity to make those bonehead throws that he's known for making. Um, my score is um, going to be 19-12. to 12. L.A. Rams advance to the Super Bowl once again. Gotcha. Uh, I share some of the same sentiments as y'all. I don't think that it'll be an overly high scoring game. I think I have the highest score, but I have it at 23-17. I think that the Rams will ultimately get it done on their home field. I do think that they are the better team. I think if we just look at these two rosters, the Rams from top to bottom are the better team. That defense to me over there is, is finally clicking, even though there was some things here and there in the second half of the game but to me you're finally seeing that defense click like many people thought at the beginning of the season you're seeing that Von Miller impact over there and um I think that um of course we already know who Aaron Donald is and so I think that ultimately the Rams are just a better team from top to bottom Cooper Cup has another good game and stands out and they take it 23 to 17. Okay I love it I love it I love it we'll get this posted on social media make sure that you are following us O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram. We'll have the graphic of our scores and predictions. We're mostly pretty close every time. We're not far off, so uh, we kind of know what we're talking about here. Um, We appreciate you for hanging around this long. We hope that you enjoy Championship Sunday this weekend. Of course, again, Sean Payton, we wish you the best of luck. We love you. Uh, We we wish you the best going forward, and we think we are very, very grateful for what you did in New Orleans and what you did for the New Orleans Saints. And we are looking forward to the next chapter of your career, whether it be with another team or whatever you decide to do. Um, again, make sure that you follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers social media, opinionated Benchwarmers on any podcast platform. Make sure that you are subscribed and catch us on 99.1 every Thursday from 10 a.m. to noon. We'll be on the radio in the New Orleans and Baton Rouge markets. So make sure that you check that out as well. And until next time, we're out of here. We'll be back next week to talk about some Super Bowl pregame stuff, and then we get to the NBA as well. So Later.